live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of The Big Show. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And today we are going to have the first of two topics that go together hand in glove. That's right. We've been waiting for this, for the perfect opportunity to do both these parts back to back. And we found it because this show is going to come out on Christmas Eve, and the next show is going to come out one week later on New Year's Eve. And, you know, let me just throw it out on the table. I didn't want to do that to a guest or two guests. because <laughs> <Just> me. <laughs> right. I'll happily do it to my wife because that's one of the little things that makes a relationship great is having someone to have on as your podcast guest because you don't want to put these guests through these low download number holiday shows. But I could put you through it at will. But we have wonderful information for this one and the next one, which is a sequel to this. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know which one's the sequel to which. Do things start out kind of nice and amazing and then suck later? Or do things suck early and then the sequel is they turn amazing? (laughs) I think you start amazing. And if you're not careful, you'll kind of slip into things that aren't so great. Yeah, kind of a honeymoon thing. Right. And then you get comfortable and take each other for granted. Oh, I don't know. It sounds like a cart and a horse to me. Chicken and an egg. I don't know which comes first, the amazing or the suck. (laughs) I think the amazing, guys. (laughs) Absolutely. No question about it. Amazing happens first because you have to have that to survive anything when it's not amazing. Well, you know, that's pretty true. Um, Today, as we're recording this, and it'll show you (laughs) how much we procrastinated in putting this together, a member of Congress announced that he was divorcing his new wife of only eight months due to irreconcilable differences. And it's because, well, frankly, they got engaged before he got elected to Congress and Congress changed everything and now they can't stand each other or something. Wow, that's amazing because that's not a long time. Well, see, that's a big thing that would make a relationship suck, being elected to Congress when you least expected it as a dark horse. Well, yes. But, you know, a lot of times people can survive the big things, but it's the little things that get you. Well, you know, as I've talked to the guys on my show, you know, the mountaintop guys who are listening to this, the reason my first wife, who's batshit crazy, said she was divorcing me on paper was it was the cumulative effect of all the small things he did to me in seven years. So it was basically a mountain composed of tiny pebbles. Now, wouldn't that be the same as never forgiving and keeping account of every injury? Something like that. And maybe the best way to kick off this particular show, because we are going to put the horse before the cart, as you would say is the correct order of events, we're going to put the amazing part before the sucky part. And so today we're going to talk about what makes a relationship amazing. One of the little things is something we've kind of accidentally already mentioned, which is letting little things that suck go makes a relationship great. Oh, the fancy word forgiveness. Yes. Right. You know, I mean, listen, do I really need to forgive you because you chew with your mouth open sometimes? I don't chew with my mouth open. I'm saying (laughs) it's a standard example. I'm giving you a hard time. But actually, you don't. I don't. It's a poor choice. (laughs) I forgive you. 
No, being forgiving, I guess you could say is one way to trim it, or it could be just simply not keeping account of the little things that bother you. Sometimes you have to learn to let go of things that are not important. We are all aware of that famous expression, pick which battles are important to you. And yes, there are a lot of small hills that couples are willing to die on. It's crazy. It seems as if the less real adversity a couple has to go through together, the more they start needling each other for little picky yoon things. And that goes around a lot nowadays, for sure. Maybe every couple needs a mountain to climb together so they don't fight over the little things. Well, you know, a lot of couples have bonded over real hardship and a major obstacle that they went through together. Well, that's true. Maybe we need something to tackle. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> well, that would be a completely different podcast called The Big, Huge, Massive Things That Make Your Relationship Better. But, you know, it's interesting that we would start with this concept of a mountain created of small pebbles, right? Uh, you know, perhaps we're stealing the thunder from the second episode already, but not having those pebbles mount up is one of the, I don't know if I would call it a small thing, but a sometimes overlooked thing. That makes a relationship great. Hey, you know, if I don't like something that's going on, instead of maybe fearing loss or being insecure about it, I'm just going to bring it up. It's like, hey, you know what? If you and I are going to be married for decades and decades happily, boy, would I appreciate it if you not chew with your mouth open. Right? That would make sense. People will bottle it up and hold it in. So the little things kind of build up over time until this big crescendo of doom looms over the entire relationship. And then it's like shaking a warm Diet Coke and opening it at that point. It's not a small thing anymore. Well, that's where the loving part comes in. You ever have anybody be mad at you and you just didn't know for the life of you why? Just tell me why are you mad at me? And so it is very loving to say, hey, it bothers me when you do X, Y, Z. Would it be okay if we try something different? Well, it's a little thing that makes a relationship nice at that point because then you trust each other. You're honest with each other. And even though that doesn't, again, sound like a small thing, the manifestation of it, the little actions, the little gestures are the small things that make a relationship great. And I think it's probably important to talk about that because, okay, we love each other. We trust each other. We communicate. All those things are big monolithic features of a great relationship. But what does that stuff do? How does it act? What is it like to live in that relationship? And, you know, I can start enumerating some, and I think once we get the ball rolling here, you're going to have a lot to add. You have some great ideas. Well, that's because we think alike. That's why I'm trusting you're going to have some, too. (laughs) Sure. Matter (laughs) of fact, can I list some of the things I like having done? (laughs) Well, yeah, sure. (laughs) Especially if they're interesting. And maybe I'll do them to you after the show. Oh, okay. we got to hurry up then. Yeah, okay. Now, see, I just sort of demoed something that's a small thing that keeps a relationship great, is being playful, having a sense of humor, and flirting. That's actually a trinity, (laughs) a holy trinity of ways to keep the relationship great that all seem kind of small. But man, Emily, we know so many couples who take themselves dead seriously and, oh, you said that and you disrespected me. And it's like they store up all those dangerous concepts that I just talked about on a previous show about, you know, how we've descended into stupidity in this relationship and brought them home, dragged them through the front door of their relationship. Oh, you're just dog whistling to me. I know what you really mean. What you really meant to say was this, because you don't like me. And the guy was like, what did I do? 
you know, that assuming the worst out of a person and putting words in their mouth is the opposite of taking oneself less seriously and kind of just letting things roll. Assuming the best from your partner is often overlooked. Oh, and it's vastly important because that's what brings joy to the relationship. If you be playful and cheer each other up and always looking out for the best interests of the other person. You know, if they said something that it didn't feel right, maybe they didn't mean it the way we interpreted it. Yeah, and the little thing would be to talk it out, to trust each other to say those things. After all, you got together because you felt great towards each other. Now, a manifestation of that trust in our relationship is we feel the freedom to be cranky with each other and snippy with each other. We don't ever insult each other. And that seems like a little thing, even though it probably is a big thing. But, you know, couples, parents will call each other names and say awful things to each other. And I mean, you know, the old adage is sticks and stones can break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. Well, I'd like to call bullshit on that. I mean, you can say things that you really will wish later you never said. And I think we've gotten into the habit in this relationship of largely avoiding that to the point where if something does get said, it's easier to believe that's not really what I wanted to say because it isn't something that is consistently spat out, then retracted and spat out and retracted. You know, that sounds kind of immature, doesn't it? Absolutely. So being careful with what we say, not that we're walking on eggshells, but that we are constantly realizing that what we say matters to the other person. It could destroy a relationship. Well, the truth is we actually like each other. And one of the little ways that manifests in this family is we have a habit of saying that to each other. I like you. I like you. You know, my daughters, my oldest one and my youngest one particularly, have cherished that. They just love being told that I like you. In addition to being told, I love you. Some families don't even say, I love you. Some couples, it's... Awkward? Either awkward or it's too much of a pride issue for them to even admit that they love each other. It's like, I've got to have a power position over you. You're absolutely right. That is a great idea. Letting the other person know how much you feel about them. Letting them know how important they are to you. Not just in action, but in words, too. They need that validation. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, guys, that doesn't mean you're a weakling and you're some kind of wuss. You're a human being, which means you feel things. We're not Mr. Spock walking around here. And you know, and you know, when you guys do that for us, you say, I love you. I treasure you. You're wonderful. I like you. I like what you did for me. That validates us and it draws us to really love you guys because you are making us feel safe and comfortable because we know we are loved and that you're not leaving us or here to hurt us. What are the small things in a relationship that a man can do to make a woman feel more comfortable? Make us feel safe. Well, I know that, but that's a huge thing. (laughs) Yes. What are the subtleties? Well, that's going to the grocery store and bringing something special to say, I love you. You know, I know you had a hard day, honey, and this was your favorite chocolate candy bar. Oh, thanks. That's really, you know, that was very sweet to have thought about me. And I'm going to pause for 10 seconds and listen, even if I don't feel like it. Oh, that's huge. Yes. Well, it is huge, but it is a small gesture that reaps huge benefits, right? Yes, agreed. Yes. And also affection goes along with that. People kind of stop being affectionate towards each other. You know, they call it the end of the honeymoon period or whatever. But, you know, I have my arm around you right now. Like we're in a movie theater and I'm trying to make a move, you know, (laughs) like a teenager. Even as we're recording this podcast, 
And a little thing that makes a relationship great are those little gestures of affection. Like I'll corner you in the kitchen and just kiss you while you're Mm. making breakfast. Oh, you didn't hear the sigh, but yes, I love that. And I'll just grab you and hug you. And sometimes I'll play Eskinos with you and all these things that really are reflections of I like to be near you. You smell nice and I'm still sexually attracted to you and I like you. Yeah. Yeah, things I love and warms my heart. Right, right, right. I love when a relationship starts to relieve itself of pressure. And, you know, we did a podcast a year or so ago with Alex Allman on the mountaintop. And, you know, if you ladies want to listen to it, it's a pretty good conversation, even though it's a men's podcast, where we talked about how you know when you're truly in love. And both of us had the same conclusion we were going to reach with each other, and we were getting there via different paths, which made for a great show, by the way. And really, love is the absence of fear. So the big monolith is, I'm not afraid of my partner anymore. I'm not afraid of losing her. I'm not afraid he or she's going to hurt me. I'm not afraid of them cheating on me. I'm not afraid of getting hurt. I'm peaceful. And that manifests itself in so many wonderful ways. We've already kind of talked about one of them, which is that ability to get snippy or even have a disagreement and trust each other through that disagreement or through that bad mood. Instead of taking it personally, because, again, we take ourselves so so seriously, you know. Well, having a sense of humor is a huge thing in a relationship, yes. But one of the small things that I think reflects that attitude is the ability to be silent with each other. Instead of having to fill the dead air of silence with noise just to reassure each other or try to impress each other. For example, we can go on a road trip. And drive from here to Dallas, and we may or may not have a deep conversation about something. Either way, it's okay. (laughs) It's a nice long trip, but sometimes you're right. It's nice to sit peacefully side by side, even watch a sunset. And sometimes we even love when the stars are out or something special is going on with the alignment of the stars or, you know, there's a comet coming by or something. And we'll go outside together looking for this. And it's just the two of us enjoying this moment together. Micro-adventures make a relationship great. When can I go on a 10-minute vacation with you? Where can we go? What can we do that just takes us away for a while? A walk around the block. We can just go take a naughty shower in the middle of the afternoon. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it's anything, right? Yes. We can have breakfast at night or anything we want to do. You love breakfast at night. Mm, I love love breakfast anytime. Anytime, yeah. (laughs) Any restaurant that sells breakfast 24-7 is Emily's new favorite restaurant, right? So a lot of these things we're talking about, clearly, Emily, are not complicated. They're just really, when you get right down to it, they involve a brief denial of self for the sake of the relationship. So I feel like doing something right now. You need something else done. Well, I'm not going to be so selfish as to do what I want to do at the expense of what you need done. We're going to take a quick inventory of what needs to be done right this very moment, and the needs will get prioritized accordingly. That's a small thing that makes a relationship a partnership and therefore great, right? That's right. I got one for you. Go ahead. You know, with work and children and everything else, couples get stressed out. You know, your your stress level just, just boils up and up and up. And when, let's say, for example, a husband comes home or your significant other, boyfriend, fiance, whatever, comes home and they're all stressed out instead of pile on and saying, hey, you know, this and this had happened, this bill needs to be addressed, all these problems that add more pressure and more stress, the lovely little thing to do 
would be, you know, honey, you've had a hard day. I actually have something special for you. Won't you sit down? I've got you your favorite beverage. Just relax for a little bit. And when you're ready, we can sit down and just have hang out together. The 10-minute vacation. Yeah. A 10-minute adventure, 10-minute vacation. Little microbursts, micro-adventures, micro-romances, micro-dates. Wow, what a great concept we're coming up with here. We should write a book about it, or at least do a podcast about it. That's right, like this one. Like this one, yeah. <laughs> God, we're such dorks. You know, that's another thing that makes relationships great in the same vein as not taking each other seriously. Being dorky? Being dorky. I think if you can be dorky and not serious and take the risk of not having to be constantly cool and at the top of your game. And a lot of guys, for example, think they have to be a Disney prince or she's going to run away and find some guy who knows how to be a Disney prince all the time. And I'll never forget what you said the first time I royally screwed up in our relationship. And I was apologizing, thinking, oh my God, now my true self has come out. You thanked me and said, now I can finally feel freedom to make my own mistake around here. You said that about a week into our relationship. With that, I like that you weren't perfect. Right, exactly. Nothing's worse than being around a perfect person. Yes, and when couples are trying to be perfect with each other, that ends up being highly imperfect, right? And that's something we can talk about next week in detail. Oh, yeah. I love sure. your phrase, perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect is a good thing. And everybody is going to make mistakes, and that forgiveness, and one thing we can add on to that is the ability to say, I'm sorry, own a mistake. Oh, that's so hard to do sometimes. Yeah, well, if the other person's going to be nagging you forever over it and bitter about it and bring it up six months later, that would be bad. Especially if you know that they're going to keep count of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're really in trouble later. That's right. You know, I'm realizing that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So it's really tough to keep the two parts of this podcast separate. I know, right? Yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing. Every right. time we bring something great to do, there's the opposite of what not to do that- Corrupts it. Exactly. Right, and that's the sucky part. Yeah, it's so, like a light and a shadow. So, folks, there's going to be a little bit of overlap on this show, but we'll just do the best we can to talk about the good things this time and talk about the not-so-good things next time, because I think that's going to be juicy and have a different edgier attitude that goes along with it. That's right. right? <laughs> I, oh, so along those lines, you got another one. I do. Text messaging. Oh, yeah. Cute little flirty texts. Yes. Or Not a phone call. Sometimes yeah. I like getting a phone call just out of the blue. I'm, you know, in the middle of work or in the middle of, you know, watching the kids or whatever my day's going on. It's just nice to have a surprise phone call and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. You know, I had this going on. You know, how about we do this or that? Or I'm going to stop by the store. Would you like something special for me to pick up for you? Just to hear your voice. Yes. And you know what makes that even better? What's that? That I didn't have to do it. The freedom from obligation in a relationship is amazing. And it is literally nothing. It's stuff you don't have to do. We talked about not feeling like I have to talk and fill the dead air in a travel scenario. Here's something, everybody, that I'm going to feel free to disclose right here to all of y'all. Emily and I are not giving each other Christmas presents. No, we're not. We uh -uh. never do. We well, never do. We usually don't. No, we can just give each other whatever we want to give each other whenever. I mean, we focus on the kids for Christmas. You That's know. right. Well, I love receiving gifts that are spontaneous and that they were, I don't have to gift. Yeah. I sure. don't have to give you a gift because it's Valentine's. I don't have to give you a gift because it's your birthday. It's, I'm not pressured to give you this gift. This gift solely and only came from the bottom of my heart because at this point in time when I saw it, I thought of you and wanted you to have a smile when you received it. 
Now, there is a disclaimer that must be uttered. Our anniversary is extremely close to Christmas. <laughs> everything is close to Christmas. <laughs> Birthdays, right. everything. <laughs> That's true. We have a cluster of, oh my goodness, expensive holidays right close to each other. Our daughter's birthday is even closer to Christmas than our anniversary. All of them are December dates. But see, there is a time in December when all the Christmas decorations are out and everybody's already feeling Christmassy. Something people overlook is the entire month of December is always Christmas in this culture. Always. Oh. Well, starting from September sometimes. Well, I know, but at least December for sure mm-hmm. is associated with Christmas, indelibly. You know, even though we don't give each other gifts, we do stuff for each other. Like, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I walk out of the room and you hand me coffee. Or just vice made, versa. If I'm on a coaching call, you'll bring it to me. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Because I know it makes you happy and you're busy and, you know, it makes it easier for you. Right. You know, but back to what I was saying, just to kind of close the gap there. Given that our anniversary is in mid-December, what happens is we get to focus only on ourselves that night. We the do. kids let us go out and have a date. You know, they hold down the fort. My son's old enough to do that now. And, and we make that night a selfish one. So then that kind of gets out of the way so that we can focus on Christmas for the kids. There's no obligation there. There's not, and I have to do this or she's going to be upset or she won't understand or she won't think I love her anymore. Everything's done out of I want to, not I have to. That's right. And you know, our children get to stay home while we do this. And I don't feel an ounce of guilt because it's our relationship that's strong that gives them this happy home. That's true. You know, a small thing that makes a relationship great is that the kids see your example. That's not small. but (laughs) No, but... The example you do give to your kids by having a happy relationship that's a genuinely happy relationship I think is meaningful. And here's something that is kind of a small subtlety that goes along with that. We're authentic. You know, when I was growing up, my parents were kind of reticent to show us any disagreement they had. I mean, I don't really ever remember seeing my parents argue at all. And I'm not sure, you know, I guess on the surface that seemed good, but, you know, they never cursed. They never said anything untoward. They never talked to us about anything that was happening that was awkward or bad. And the funny thing is, as I've gotten older and I've become an adult, Sometimes my mom will have a couple glasses of wine when we visit them at a holiday or on a family visit, and she'll tell me some of the stories from the old days that I never knew happened because the kids just weren't in the room and weren't told. You know, like, did you know that one of our neighbors did this one time? And boy, that caused this huge thing. I'm like, no? Oh, yeah, I guess we just didn't tell you kids, right? So I guess there's an overprotectiveness there or the kids, you know, we're not going to put them through this. But on the other hand... I mean, I came out pretty good. I know how to treat a woman because of my dad's example. You know, but we've just decided we're going to be authentic in front of our kids. You know, if we're snippy, we're snippy. When we say I'm sorry, we say I'm sorry. And that reality, that authenticity has rubbed off on our children where everybody feels safe around here. Our love for each other really isn't conditional. We know that because if somebody wanted to walk, by God, they'd walk. And... That is something that strengthens the bond, not only of our relationship, but of our family. Well, even though we know that we both have the freedom to walk, that's something that we're not holding anybody back from doing. We feel safe enough to know that I know that you don't want to do that and vice versa. We feel safe in that. Well, the small thing here is I did not settle. I married who I like. And you know that you're my first choice. You know that I don't have my nose pressed against the glass wishing I was with someone else. I had the opportunity to be with someone else, and I didn't. I'm with you instead. 
Maybe one of the little things that makes a relationship great is reminding each other what we're attracted to, what we like, even what our history of what we like has been. You know my celebrity crushes, and it makes you smile because you look like a head-on collision between all of them. Or for those not in a relationship or in a relationship that isn't really doing well or going where you want it to go, that little tidbit would be not settling for that person you're not really that into. Giving them that love to be able to be free and find their match. And then for you to be incredibly able to free yourself to find your incredible match to have that great relationship. That little bit, doing that little action, really makes a difference. Yeah, I agree. And again, it's a it's a series of small decisions that leads to a big one. Yeah, and you know what? This next one's going to sound kind of meta, but I think there's some merit to it. I think the simple acknowledgement that there needs to be small things in a relationship that make it nice so that we can go through life together, the simple cognitive recognition of the need for that is a small thing that makes the relationship better. Some people think, all right, well, I found my husband, I found my wife, now we can just relax, let ourselves go, and you know, don't have to worry about it again. I'm thinking about the woman who wanted the wedding more than the relationship or the marriage. And here's this other person. They exist now to give me money or clean my house or make my babies and take care of them. And that is a very big assumption without any small niceties backing it up at all. There's just no intent there to try to make each other's life better or to do those things on the daily that make things better. It's like there's this assumption that person's always going to be there, or this relationship's just going to last, or someday I'm going to divorce her anyway and trade her in on a newer model. You know, there are those things that go through people's minds that absolutely prohibit us from even thinking about these small, subtle things that make a relationship nice, frankly, at all. Well, you know, it's interesting you should say that. Sometimes we think that when we get married, it's done. It's a done deal. Now we're going to be together for eternity. And we forget even though we're married, we still have the option to like up and leave if it gets really ugly. Well, of course you do. And so that's that would be part two, right? When we talk about the little things that makes a relationship miserable. Yeah, taking each other for granted will be one of those. That's right. Yeah. Uh, here's one before we close out part one here. I think couples need to have a conversation about what's annoying and what isn't. And if it's annoying to one and not the other, the other needs to know it's annoying to the one so he or she can stop doing it. Even or though they do wouldn't more have of it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really are taking yourself less seriously at this point. I know. Yeah, she can't stand this. I'm going to double down on it, right? No, no, no. And, you know, I absolutely know for a fact there are certain things that annoy couples to no end that they would never do to each other. That perhaps you and I don't even think twice about because it doesn't really annoy either one of us. Like one of my family members talked about during their engagement, no matter how long we get married, we're always going to shut the freaking door of the bathroom when we're using it. You and I couldn't care less about that. <laughs> you're, you're restraining <laughs> laughter. I know. That's what I can't help. Oh, yes. We really couldn't care less. I mean, it I think It can be pretty ugly. The door's still open. Well, I think you're kind of cute <laughs> sitting on a toilet. I don't know if any guys are going to agree with me on this because oh, it's sort of weird. But I just think women kind of look cute sitting on toilets. But, but you know, you're not the first person that tells me that. Well, I think I don't think I'm weird at all. I just think you know, it accentuates your little shape 
it's kind of cute. Now, the smells that can come from this <laughs> endeavor. That's what I say when it's are ugly. truly annoying. <laughs> but see, that gives you an opportunity to crack jokes and trust each other. Oh, goodness. Right. I mean, you know, farting around the house is something our family does. And it's yet another example of something that never happened. Oh, gosh. That was my, mom- my, that was my mother's up. number one never must do. You do not fart, people. Human beings don't fart. <laughs> I don't remember for sure, but it's fully possible that I grew up throughout my entire childhood thinking I was the only person in my family who had an anus. <laughs> it was completely possible nobody else in the family ever did. And that I was only, if it wasn't for school, if it wasn't for school and interacting with other people outside my household, right, I would have thought I was the only person in the world that had this heinous medical condition called farting. It wouldn't have existed anywhere else. Well, being pregnant and having to suffer that, uh, not suffer your farts, but suffer from being pregnant and having bloated air in my body and it's trapped, it's painful. So... Ever mm. since then, I always call a fart a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> it indeed can be, as can a burp. Uh, I guess so, yes. Now, pregnancy, you know, when the kids come and the woman gets pregnant, one of the small things for men is to have grace and to step it up a little when the wife is pregnant. Understand that, you know, she's going to go through some mood swings. I'll tell you this straight up. Any Give man- us some more slack. Right. Yes. Also, any man in his right mind loves the opportunity to get up in the dead of night, go to Whataburger and get you a fish sandwich with extra pickles on it. Oh, man, that makes us feel like a hero. So the little thing is looking forward to that instead of bitching and complaining and having it be all about yourself and poor me when your wife is, you know. Craving something bad. Like the Krispy Kreme that you went to go get for me. Right. Anytime. Anything having to do with pregnancy. A little thing men can do, which, again, I don't know. Some people are going to write in and say it isn't a little thing at all. But it's a subtle thing. Men, step it up when your wives are pregnant. Well, it's considered little because, you know, in all honesty, I'm not going to die if I don't have my little Krispy Kreme donut at 12 midnight. But the the little thing is that you actually go out of your way to go do it. Right. That's it's right. not something you have to do. It's something you decided to do. Right. Um, the complaining, the nagging. A lot of times, guys, your wife is complaining and nagging because you're not manning up. You're not doing things that make her feel safe and comfortable. And a lot of times, the bitch session that ensues is the cumulative effect of a bunch of small things leading to that adverse reaction. We're all pressure cookers. Right. So, in other words, if you're making your wife feel like you're not making her feel safe or like, you know, you lost your job and you didn't even go out and try to get one today or this thing is broken and she doesn't know how to fix it and you do and you won't, don't be surprised when she gets snippy. And it isn't with a sense of humor. So the little things are attending to that, which has to happen in a relationship to make sure we're still trusting each other and that the big parts of this relationship are intact. Yeah, that's a great point you brought because we're talking about the the good and the bad. They kind of go together. So you're talking about the things that need to be fixed. I will say I love it when we have different projects that need to be done around the house And you decide, okay, on this day, you drop everything and you get it done. And I either come home or, you know, doing or helping you or doing something else. It's just really special by the end of the day. And you look at all that was done. It's like, wow, my man did that. You know, you almost completed the trifecta. You said the good and the bad and you left out the ugly. And you said (laughs) ugly earlier, but you just renamed the title of this podcast on the men's feed. The mountaintop version of it will be called The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, Part 1. All right. Yeah. 
Thanks. X and Y on the fly will be called the little things that make a relationship amazing. And with that, we're drawing to a close on part one. And we'll be coming back at you next week, the last day of 2021, with the second part. Ooh, I get to come with all my gripes. Yes, you do. You do. And me too. It's going to be a much Uh-oh. edgier show. Maybe Hopefully not. we won't uh, have any revelations <laughs> that uh, will explode. Speaking of, there's always you have duties to do later. I do. <laughs> and you know, one of the small things in a relationship is when it doesn't feel like a duty. And on that note, we'd like you to visit www.scottandemily.com front slash podcast. If you're a lady or if you're a gentleman, go to mountaintoppodcast.com where you can find show notes, sign up for my newsletter and or Emily's. Doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. Be a fly on the wall. Get the one for the other gender. And we will talk to you again real soon on the next show, which will be real soon. Real soon. Yes. yes. Next week. Next week. So until then, this is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. Be good out there. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisperer, Dating Cast, an online dating profile rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.